1: I'm not going to preach on the gospel today, but it said 1 Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Gardner was the priest of a remote mission parish of the Anglican Church in New Zealand, the equivalent of the Episcopal Church here. One day he learned that members of the Society of Friends, the Quakers, in their little village, were in need of a place to hold their weekly meetings. Their meetings were held on Saturday evenings and did not conflict with the Sunday worship services, so he offered the church for their meeting place. Partly out of being good host and partly out of curiosity, Alan and his wife began participating in the silent Quaker meetings at the church. Soon other members of the parish attended as well. During that time, something surprising happened that went far beyond a simple space-sharing arrangement. Both the Anglican and Quaker congregations grew, not only in members, but more importantly, in spiritual depth. The two congregations, in fact, joined together to write a book about their shared experience on this unexpected journey, titled The Fellowship of Silence. Cyril, one of the Anglicans, wrote, In that silence, week by week, hearts and spirits grew together in union before brains had learned to formulate concordant speech. I experienced the power which that silence held to unite people in the sense of the presence of God. There is a point in which all radiating lines of humanity's approach to God converge. That center is the point where we rise to the consciousness of God. Lucy Violet, one of the Quakers, reflected, their Sunday is refreshed by our Saturday evening. The two forms of worship seem to unite in a reality beneath and behind and above all forms, as two substances united form a third, different from each other, yet including both. In our epistle lesson from 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul saw the opposite happening in the church in Corinth. Instead of the growth, the Corinthians were reverting to infancy as they became embroiled in jealousy and quarreling. The church members were placing all their hopes as well as all their identities on their human leaders, Apollos and Paul himself. They were constantly looking inward in a divisive way, In this letter, Paul invited the Corinthians to reorient themselves, to look upward, to look outward toward God. He invited them to join together in seeking out the place where the wounded heart of humanity meets the divine presence of God. He acknowledged that we humans have vital parts to play in offering stewardship, nourishment, and leadership. But our roles are those of servants. Paul plants, Apollos waters. But it is only God who gives the growth. What's more, it is God who unites Paul and Apollos. The word translated, they have a common purpose, actually means they are one. and They both belong to God. The Corinthians are all God's servants. God's field, God's building. They are to be humble, they are to be organic, and they are to be structural all at the same time. They are a people who are to grow. and They are also a people who are to be mindful of building one another up. The Anglican Mission Parish and Quaker congregation in New Zealand not only met and nourished each other, They together yearned to approach and enter the Divine Presence of God. Lucy Violet, the Quaker in New Zealand, remembered a late afternoon meeting in the church in which the light shone through and illuminated the halo of the central figure in one of the windows with what she described as a last faint gleam of light. Then it dawned on her. Their little separate folds were forgotten, you realize they were all one flock under one shepherd? As they grew nearer to God and to each other, their sharp bond caused them not to retreat from their village in the wider world, but to become more profoundly engaged in the lives of those around them. The Anglicans and the Quakers shared their story through their book and through traveling together to religious conferences throughout the world. Soon, similar fellowships between Anglican and uh, Quaker congregations were started in London, in the north of England, in Boston, in Redondo Beach, California, here in the U.S., and in Winnipeg in Canada. During the time of World War I, these centers of silence radiated hope, unity, and prayer to a world burning with strife. This week, we are especially mindful of the world we see, the horrific loss of life, the devastation from the catastrophic earthquake in Turkey and Syria. One Calvary parishioner wrote to our clergy team that in the midst of all the disturbing news and the heartbreak from this ancient region across the globe, she was moved by the amazing good stories of lots of ordinary people doing impactful things. You are all a part of those amazing, good stories. Through our fervent prayers of hope, silently or aloud, combined with tangible actions, with visible support. To the Quakers and Anglicans gathered in New Zealand, silence was not seen as an end, but as a means of grace to be expressed outwardly through sharing and through serving. In a few moments, We will offer one of Christ's means of grace, holy baptism to a beautiful little girl named McNeely. McNeely joins our circle of mystical seekers, a circle in which we are also sought by the heart of God. Her parents and godparents will make promises on her behalf, promises that will draw her, draw them, and draw all of us into active listening and obedience to God. Lucy Violet writes, It's this attitude of active obedience that keeps our souls alert and makes the silence a living fountain, not a stagnant pond. One of our prayers for Neely today is that she becomes a living fountain. A living fountain. That was Paul's dream for the church in Corinth. Another prayer for McNeely is that she never loses her childlike sense of curiosity and wonder. One final prayer for McNeely and for all of us. We pray to see, to sense, and to shine the inner light. We pray that she and we are brought into the unity with God and with each other that awaits us all. We join
0: Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at Calvarymemphis.org/slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of Second and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.